The story of Easter, Jesus' sacrifice. 
this is Jesus, Hey-o. who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like calming storms and even raised people from the dead. The Jewish leaders and teachers did not like what Jesus was doing or how he claimed to be the Son of God. And so they made a plan to arrest him to get rid of him once and for all. Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, agreed to betray Jesus and give him over to the religious leaders for some money. Jesus was in a garden praying and Judas showed the man who Jesus was. Jesus was arrested and taken to the rulers of the land so that they could decide what to do with him. Jesus was presented before the high council and they asked him if he was the Messiah, the savior of the Jews. They asked him if he was claiming to be the son of God. You say that I am. And the council was furious and they shouted that Jesus was guilty and he deserves to die. So they took Jesus before the Roman ruler Pilate and he heard the case against Jesus. Pilate didn't think that Jesus had done anything wrong. Seems okay to me. They found him to be innocent, so Pilate said that he would punish Jesus and then release him. But the crowd kept screaming louder and louder, crucify him, we want him dead. And because of the pressure of the crowd, Pilate turned Jesus over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Jesus was hurt and spit on, his clothes were torn and taken from him, and a crown made out of thorns was put on his head. He was beaten so badly that he could barely stand on his own, and then he was forced to carry his cross so far up a mountain that he needed help because he could not do it on his own. Once Jesus made it to the place where he would be crucified, called the skull, the soldiers around him nailed him to the cross and waited for him to die. While Jesus was hanging on the cross, many people shouted to him, if you really are the son of God, save yourself from the cross. But Jesus knew he had to die to forgive his people for their sins. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land Three hours later, Jesus took his last breath and finally died. At that very moment, the curtain in the temple that separated the priests from God's holy place tore in two. A soldier watching the whole thing said, this man truly was the son of God. Then a righteous man named Joseph came and placed Jesus' body in a tomb. Three days passed and it seemed that there was no hope. 
But very early on Sunday morning, the woman who cared for Jesus went to go visit his body and found that his tomb was empty and that he was no longer there. Don't be afraid, said an angel. He is not here. He is risen. At this, the woman remembered that Jesus had told them that he would rise again on the third day and ran to go tell the disciples what they had seen and heard. Huh? hey -oh. ah! And then for the next 40 days, Jesus appeared to his disciples and many others and showed them that he was alive and well. He taught them that what he did was the only way that they could be forgiven and be with God forever. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's more simple than we think it is. God is a really good father. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have everlasting life. Forgiven. Who wants to be forgiven from your sins? Who wants to be forgiven from all the wrong things you've ever done or will do? We all do. Because we all know we've fallen short. We've hurt people that we love. We've done things that we regret. That's called sin. You know, and I just want to encourage you, we're not, we're not here going through emotions because of some fairy story. We're here because we've experienced, some of us here, a living God who loves us, who really genuinely cares for us, who went to a lot of difficulty in sending his son to forgive us from our sins and to give us an eternity with him. Who wants to go to heaven? I want to go to heaven. I remember when I was seven years old. So kids here, whatever age you are, seven, six, five. I remember my cousin Fiona coming in. Some of you in the church have heard this story, but I'm going to tell it again. But my cousin Fiona Carmichael came in one night and she just trusted in Jesus as her saviour when she was five years old. And we were brought up in a church hearing Easter Sundays like this. And I hadn't made any decision. And Fiona came in and she burst out crying. Graham and Colin are going to hell. Me and my brother, I was seven, my brother was five, and so I don't remember what happened next. I know I prayed with my grandpa, who knew Jesus as his saviour. He would have probably taken me to John 3.16, Jesus loves you, son. He died on the cross for you. Do you want him to forgive your sins? Yes, grandpa. It would have been something like that. Something really sounds simple, but it's profound, because my life changed at age seven. Not because of me, but because of Jesus, because he is actually real. Who knows Jesus is real in your life? Amen. The biggest evidence that Jesus Christ is alive is what? A transformed life. The centurion that was watching Jesus said in Matthew 27, so we, they saw Jesus die. They saw him say, it is finished. They saw him say, Father, forgive them. They know what they do. No, 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 what they do. This is someone who's been through a cruel death. Father, forgive them. Even though they mocked him. Only God can be like that. We would have fallen short of that, wouldn't we? We would have all fallen short of that. 
But because this is God's son, the perfect Jesus, he's there to do what? What is he there to do? It said it in the video. What did Jesus die for? Our sins. Because the Bible says there's a punishment for sin. We're separated from God. And God's got to deal with that. Because God's a holy God. And we've chosen to sin. So we're on the problem side. There's a gap between us and God. So Jesus hung on that gap. At the cross of Calvary. To bridge that gap for you and I. And it was his love that took him there. And it was his love that kept him there. If there's one thing I want you to really grasp today is. Jesus loves you. God loves you. And he just wants you to simply accept that love. So that you can live a life with him now. And so that you have a life with him forever and eternity in heaven. None of us knows what that's going to be like. But I'm really glad my cousin Fiona at five years old cared enough about me. To actually tell me about him. And tell me if you don't get Jesus you're going to hell. God doesn't want us to go there. And we're not trying to do a, a sob story here. Don't misread me. I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for the love of Christ. If it wasn't, this story is true. Because I speak not about myself. I speak about Jesus. And that's who we have to speak about. He's able to change your life today. This church is called New Beginnings Church for a reason. If anyone is in Christ, the scripture says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone the new has come. Have you had that experience? Because if you have had that experience, I think you would know it. Wouldn't you? We're born once, but the Bible says you need to be born again. Sounds a weird statement, but that means spiritually born. Forgiven and cleansed. So I'm just doing the best I can today to share the simplicity of this good news. It's called good news. The gospel, uh, the, the, the word in the Bible is good news. Don't we need good news today? And I encourage you to speak to the people around you later on. Don't just take my word for it. It is God's word. We should take it. But speak to people in the church. And ask them about Jesus. And ask them what Jesus has done in their lives. There's nothing more powerful than a testimony. Saying I know I've got Jesus in here. Inside. Saved. Forgiven. There's a peace that you and I can have that the world can't give. There's a love that we can have that the world can't give us. There's a security that God wants to give us that we know where we're going when we die. The world can't give us. Do you believe me? But the reason we're here, one of the main reasons we're here, is to make sure everybody hears this message. And there's a whole bunch of people in Moody'sburn, sadly, who don't know this truth. Because it's not on the BBC News. Is it? But it's here. It's in your mouth if you know Jesus. So can I encourage you, if you've accepted Jesus, tell somebody. Would you do that? Please. Because it's not about somebody speaking here and telling, just doing this. There was a woman at a well and Jesus cared about her enough to go and speak to her. And he showed his love and he showed the Father's love to her and it changed her life. And guess what the first thing was she did? She went back to her own village and told everybody about Jesus. And guess what happened next? The rest of the whole village came back to hear from this Jesus that this woman had told them about. So... Jesus says, I'm commissioning you. So just a wee reminder today, Easter Sunday is not about gathering in a building here. There's thousands of people out there that need to hear about Jesus. And we need to turn up and say to them, you're going to hell. I love you. But I'm really sorry to say, there's a saviour and you need to know him. And we need to get a wee bit emotional about that. 
And I'm glad a few of my cousins got a wee bit emotional and actually cared enough to walk into a room and tell a seven-year-old and five-year-old, you need to this, Jesus. Do you agree with me? I really hope you do. Because I believe in these days we need to get out of this mentality of I'm inviting somebody in all the time. And we need to just get out there and tell somebody. And that means in the coffee house, it means whatever you're doing. All right? You okay? Everyone okay? This is a commissioning service today. All right? David, I know you speak on Facebook and you read scriptures. That's good. It's a wee public way that you show you believe in Jesus, right? We've all got ways we can do it. David just sits and puts himself on Facebook Live and tells the world about Jesus. It's not complicated. But you can also tell it when you're out walking your wee dog. Sheppy boy. Right? Because someday in Marysburg needs to hear it. It's no longer true Facebook. Right? And that's just simply, that's the wee message over. Okay? But I hope you grasp my heart here. It's true. Anyone seen the Star Wars films? You're ages with me, right? So we, 1977, I was born that year, and Star Wars was the was the big film, right? <laughs> and I remember one day, here's a wee funny story. One day I was in Milton Camps, he'd been brought up, must have been under 10, watching a film I'd seen many times, the, Star, the original Star Wars film, and do you know where they get this huge weapon and they blow up the planet? And they blow up, I think it's Alderaan, isn't it? So they blow up. Let's blow up Alderaan. Yeah. So anyway, they have this weapon that can blow up planets, right? And no, no joking here. I'm sitting relatively young, still able to believe in what I'm seeing really on the TV, sort of. And uh, just as the weapon fires into this planet and it starts to explode, the electricity cuts in my house, in, in mum and dad's house, literally. And I remember it to this day because I was utterly terrified. <laughs> I actually thought the world was blown up. <laughs> But as we know, that's a fantasy story, isn't it? It's not true. It's just a Star Wars. But it's a story, it's not true. And the world didn't blow up. That's okay, Lachlan. He's just excited about Star Wars, actually. Um, but in the new films for all of us guys, born in those days when the first ones came out, they brought all these new ones out and they were pretty rubbish. Star Wars 1, 2, 3, two things were rubbish. It didn't have Han Solo in it. It didn't have Luke Skywalker. None of the people we knew. So anyway, the new film came out, The Force Awakens. Sam at the cinema with my brother Colin. <laughs> and uh, we're all lined up like wee kids. And in comes uh, Han Solo through his great entrance back into the Millennium Falcon. And he comes in and he starts to, he was a skeptic. So in the original films, if you remember, Han Solo didn't believe in all this story about the, the invisible force and the mumbo jumbo and all that stuff, right? And then he walks in and Luke Skywalker's went AWOL. And Han Solo's had a few years to think about this force and what he saw in the past. And the demonstration of, let's just call it a demonstration of power, right? Because they have this invisible force and there was a demonstration of power that was invisible. And they could lift things and Yoda could do stuff. And Han Solo watched all this stuff, this mumbo-jumbo, right? Then eventually, he walks in and he's telling other people about Luke Skywalker. And the best line in any Star Wars film, I think, is, It was true. All of it. It's true. All of it. Right? So although that's a wee fantasy story, it's a wee mirror image of what I'm talking to you about today. I'm talking to you about Jesus you cannot physically see. I'm asking you to believe in a God that is evidenced by transformed lives, that is evidenced by a power that you cannot see. 
but you can see it in someone's face, you can see it in their heart, you can see it in their actions. Now, can I tell you, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but there's people sitting in this room here today who enabled this whole building to happen. Do you understand? Who gave? Where is that coming from? It's God. Who does this? Who gives and buys a building and equips it here and sets up a volunteer team in Moody'sburg with a kitchen that should be in Sucky Hall Street and not Moody'sburg, said the inspector when he looked at it. Right? Who does that? And they, they said it was for the money we were doing it. I heard people outside looking at our menu on day one saying, what are these people? They just didn't make money. No, no made any money. 15 years later, why are we doing it? Because it's true. All of it. And Bill wasn't willing to sit in a pharmacy for 40 years and not tell people about it. Bill wanted, as a pharmacist, to plant something here that would be a legacy that would go beyond himself. And Kathy's wife had a vision to do this because it's true, all of it, and somebody needs to hear it. So, excuse me for getting a wee bit emotional, but I think you need to hear me. This is true. Forget me, forget anyone else. Jesus is alive. And we're so passionate about it, and we want to see the whole of Moody'sburg come into faith in this Jesus so that we're all going to heaven. There's an old hymn that says, uh, we'll all be there. We should get a wee bit emotional and think, will we all be there? Will all our family be there? I'm glad you're here today. This is not an emotional plea from a person. This is a God that loves you. And I just pray that you would be able to join with the centurion who saw that power in Jesus as he watched them die and then he was resurrected with God's power and he's alive and he's pleading for us and this man, this centurion said surely he was the son of God and that's what we need to do, simple as that surely Jesus is the son of God if you do that I promise you on the authority of scripture your life will change isn't that true Andrew? true? True, Stephen? Yep. Your life will be transformed. And there's people in here that are nodding their heads. Not because they're clever people, but because they love Jesus. And Jesus has completely transformed, sorry, completely transformed their lives. And you can maybe see I'm a wee bit excited. I don't care. Right? Because I just want to make sure you hear from God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you, Father. I can just feel your heart for the people here. There is a green hill far away without a city wall where the dear Lord was crucified who died to save us all. He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good that we might go at last to heaven saved by his precious blood. So I thank you for all the kids here, all the folks here and we just pray Father that you'll simply speak and help us to understand you because it's so important to know this message is true. If it's true, all of it, then it requires a response. Surely you yeah, are the Son of God. Save me. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.